Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today is going to be super fun. It's actually the first person I've had on the podcast about this topic, which is kind of surprising because I love the topic of copywriting. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, today, I have Pauline Longden. I know I got her last name right because we talked about it. Uh, she is a she specializes in emotional direct response and cognizant copy. So we're going to dive into a bit more what that means, and we're going to dive into why copywriting is so so important, especially if I mean really any type of business, but especially if you want to create an online business. So Pauline, how you doing today? I'm great, James. Thanks for having me on the show. Heck yeah, I'm super pumped about this topic. Like I said, I, I like nerd out on copy on weekends, just like read read about it, read books, I wanna get better at it. Uh, so to bring you on and have an expert on the show is like really fun for me, um, but also it's gonna be incredibly valuable for the listeners. That's awesome. I'm, I'm a bit of a word nerd myself. So a word nerd. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I just kind of love to hear like, what's like a real quick backstory, like what made you decide to get into emotional direct response copywriting and become a copywriter? Yeah, so I was a business owner originally, um, and I got my business up to a, a particular level and um just to explain it was kind of in the woo world it was like you know star spiritual healing practitioner you know that kind of stuff um helping people with their their mindset and belief work so i got it up to a, a certain level and i thought oh man i've got to i've got to work out how to scale this even bigger it's got so much potential and so then i um i thought okay so what do i need to be able to do that so I started to learn marketing. I loved marketing because it's like so strategic because I've, I've got a background of being a, a, a nursing officer in the army. So strategy just like lights me up. Anyway, so then um, I, I learned marketing and then I hired a marketing company to write my copy for me because I didn't really want to learn how to write copy. Um, and then the copy was horrible, made me cry, made me sound like I was a charlatan and sold snake oil. So um I asked them if they could rewrite it and, and do better. And they said, well, if you think you can do better, go and do it. I said, I can't do any worse. Like a red flag to a, a, a bull. So I went out and started <laughs> to learn copy. And it turned out that I could actually write better than them. So <laughs> um, just continued the journey from there, jumped down the rabbit hole. And I am good friends with the, the rabbit down the bottom. We have a tea party all the time because I love copy. It's like my... It's my thing. It's it really excites me, the power of words. Yeah, no, it totally is. And for for the listener, if you don't know, like I think the simplest definition that I've heard about what copywriting is is it's mm -hmm. persuasive writing. So it's writing in a way that Correct. is persuasive and that it connects with people, and it's not like traditional writing. So I'd love to know, um, Pauline, like what still surprises you about copywriting? Cause you seem to have so much passion behind it, but like, as you continue to learn, like what continues to surprise you about it? Um, I think really what surprises me about it is how simple it is, but how people complicate it. Like, mm. um, I think, okay. So you said that it's persuasive writing and I, I think that that's a very eloquent, um, definition of it. Um, so when we talk about copywriting, that's like persuasive writing. But when you talk about direct response copywriting, what we're talking about there is that whatever we're writing, we're expecting someone to have 
some kind of response or do something at the end of it. So it's not just haphazard writing that we're writing for entertainment, which we kind of do write for that, but everything that we write actually has a point to it. So there's an outcome that we're expecting from the writing that we're actually putting together. Um, so what does surprise me is that people sometimes overthink stuff and they try to use all these, these hacks and these tricks and this like specific language and we don't need to do that because really if you just think what it is is it's a conversation between two people and I don't talk to people in copy like I like I just speak to them like I would be speaking to a friend. And I think that's really big and like a, a tip that I've heard with copywriting from courses and stuff is to write like you speak. But I feel like mm. that's really difficult for people. Do you do you agree with that? Do you not agree with it? And if you do, like how can we write more like that? Or get better I, I I agree with both sides of what you did say that uh, we do need to write like we speak and that it is difficult however there is a there's a, a further part of that like write like we speak but more accurately we need to write like our audience speaks mm, and how do we do that so by listening to their conversations which sounds a little bit like I don't know um I don't know, a bit stalkery, but um, the best people that write copy are the ones that are the most interested in human dynamic, human behaviour, what's going out in the marketplace. Um, so the way we do that is, I'm not sure if you've noticed this, James, but we live in an era where people are very public with what they're thinking. Uh, so we have social media that basically tells us what everyone's thinking about every topic, whether we want to know it or not. For the copywriter or someone who has to write their own copy, like, because, you know, copywriters aren't the only ones who write copy. Like, business owners can write really freaking good copy if they, you know, just can write from the heart to the heart of the person that, that is actually they're selling to. So the way that they can tap into that is just to look at what people are saying about certain things out, out in the, the real world, like Amazon reviews, you know, like you're selling some kind of like, I don't know, a product, go to Amazon reviews for a, a competitor product and see what people are saying about that product and then so then you can ad address their objections in your copy there's there's a lot of different ways to actually see what people are saying and then you use their words back to them in in a in a way that feels familiar to them and that way it's like you know it, it'd be like going to a foreign country um and so okay so when we say you speak like the way you speak well that wouldn't help me if I go to somewhere like I just got back from Poland I go to Poland and all I do is speak like an Australian that's not going to help me communicate with those people in Poland because they're used to their language. So when I go to Poland, I learn to speak some Polish so that I can actually communicate with them in a way that's familiar and comfortable to them because that's that's the most important thing in, in copies to, you know, communicate with them so you get the outcome that you both desire. Yeah, I think that that's huge. And like, I, I find so many good nuggets. Like you said, Amazon book reviews. That's a really great one that I've heard. Um, mm -hmm. YouTube comments are freaking oh, yeah? flooded with, I've scrolled down, not, <laughs> not all of them. I notice it's like almost like the, not the massive channels, but the ones that are a little bit smaller. And sometimes mm -hmm. when you go in, you can find certain creators who actually have like conversations going on in their comment section. Yeah, and that's where I yeah. find kind of the sweet spot is. 
mm-hmm. yeah, people like spill the beans and you're like, dang, did you really just share that on the internet? <laughs> you know, but I, yeah. as like someone yeah. who writes copy and creates products and stuff, I'm like gold. So I swipe it and I put it inside of a little document. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, do you have like some sort of criteria that you look for? Uh, personally from your own experience when you're when you're doing this kind of research and spotting these things or do you just kind of like take a mental note and somehow remember it well a a little bit of both like what I'm looking for is like comments that are like okay so um one of my favorite places is okay so also um YouTube ads um it's um comments underneath ads in uh, in facebook or youtube wherever like wherever people are just going to drop their like personal opinions of stuff and so then what i'm looking for though is the the comments under those ads that have got the most interactions mm. you know the most you know thumbs up or whatever on facebook because then i then what does a, a thumbs up mean to a, a with a comment it means basically someone agrees with that comment so the more the more interactions that that comment has the more mm. Um, more people are actually resonating with that. So that's a really good thing. Um, a lot of the times I will take a, a mental note, but then often I will just, you know, copy and paste, you know, a, a, a little golden nugget um, in, into a document and then I will work out how to put that back into like a an ad or a piece of copy that actually I'm going to use to that audience again. Because there's a, there's a guy in... Um, direct response copywriting and marketing called Dan Kennedy mm-hmm. and um, quite the legend. But what he says is if you can tell people or you, if you can describe someone's problem back to them better than they can describe it to you, they instantly think that you have the answer. Mm. Wow. So that's just so that, the matter that's why of the research. Imp- yeah. That's, that's why it's imperative to use their words um, yeah. because that, that means that they, well, even in the fact that you're using their words back at them, that means that you have heard them rather than you're trying to convert them to a message that is then foreign to them. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love this. This is like the cool stuff where it's like, this is like, this is how you get inside of like someone's mind. They're like, God, it's like they're, they're reading my mind. But I think what's amazing is like when, you know, you can create a good email sequence and a sales page that you can drive traffic to if like the copy is really good to where it can Mm. convert, then you've basically like created an employee that's your, your sales rep that can sell Mm -hmm. for you 24 seven, like three, six, five, no matter what, never asks for days off, never takes time off. You know, it's just like comes down to how much kind of traffic you can throw at it. Um, Mm. That's like my understanding and what I've, I've learned and what just kind of makes sense in terms of like sales copy. Do you think that there's, a difference between like is to you i guess is all copy just kind of copy or like is sales copy very different from kind of like i guess engagement copy or do you approach it all in the same way um i guess i i approach it in the same way that whatever i'm writing has to have an outcome um it's it's not there just to fill space um, I've got a philosophy that if I'm going to interrupt someone's day, then it needs to be for some betterment of them, not just for my own likes, being self-absorbed or whatever. Mm. So um, I'm, I always have a, a mission for my copy, um, what I want 
them to do. So even before I write a, a word of copy, whether it's engagement copy or if it's sales copy or whatever, whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm working out what my mission is. Okay, so what do I want this copy to do? at the end what does what do I want the re reader to do so whether that's going to be I want them to opt into my uh, an email list or I want them to download a free report or a free book or something like that or whether I'm actually selling a bottle of sup uh, a supplement or I'm selling a a course or something like that so really what I do James is I I start with the end in mind so I'm always working about working out what the offer is and what the outcome that I want the the person to do at the end and then everything from the top down every word then leads the person to the that outcome Mm, I love that. it's kind kind of like a copy gps like I don't get in my car and go you know what I think I might drive around for a couple of hours and just see if I can work my way to my destination I actually punch in the Um, or type in the the um, destination, and then my uh, sat nav or whatever will work out the the directions, and then it'll say turn left here, turn right here, go straight for like you know however many miles, and um basically I I write copy the same way. So you have the end in mind and then you kind of just work backwards from that. Do you take, do you write like bullet points of like, okay, if that's the outcome, then I'm going to write like these three to five bullet points that I just know are ideas I want to get in just to get it there. And then you kind of fill it in or do you just like come up with the idea, start from the top? I, I'm, I've been writing for a long time now at a really high level, so it's it's pretty much muscle memory. But Mm. um, when I first started out, um, definitely there was an outline. It would Yeah. be, okay, so this is a headline, this is a lead, this is the body, this is what I need to have in the body, this is like my bullet points, um, and this is, okay, so this is a section where I'm doing the false close, now I'm going into the close, now the call to, call to action, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. There's this uh, really cool quote, Eleanor, Len Eleanor Leonard, I think is who it says, that's where it's from. But she said, uh, if it sounds like writing, I rewrite it. And uh, Perfect. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool for copy because it's so true. And I think it goes back to like the humanizing aspect. Um, one thing I've heard, and I'd love to hear you kind of like, I know you have the muscle memory, but if it was so, if you were like the old version of you, I guess, kind of
you know, something that I think it was Stephen King that said, it, 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 like um, similar to the quote that you said, is that your writing needs to be invisible. Mm. Like that's something, um, this is one of my biggest tips is um, I, I call it bless, don't impress. And so what it is is you're blessing people with the solution to their problems through through your copy. So the copy is a medium to get them to to know that they're, you have the solution to their problems. So you're blessing them with that instead of trying to impress them with your vocabulary and how freaking awesome you are as a copywriter. Like it, it's almost like a magician that's trying too hard. Um, you just go... I'm not feeling the vibe. The vibe is wrong. So, if yeah, if if you can see the writing, then your if people can see what you're writing, then the, your focus is on the wrong thing. The focus is on you rather than the the outcome of the person that you're trying to you know solve their problem. Mm. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it is a really interesting way to think about. It. I think it's difficult for people too to like. I feel like naturally humans are very like kind of self-centered, you know, like we look at ourselves in the mirror, like, do we look good? You know, do I look yeah. good and kind of stuff like that? And, um, you know, do I sound weird? Or if you hear yourself on the phones, like I sound weird and we kind of have this like focus on ourselves. And I think yeah. when it comes to just growing your business, especially with copywriting and product creation and whatnot, like you really have to put your focus on the audience and. Well, yeah, there's, there's that, um, very common saying in the copywriting world you know um you've got to answer just one question that is what's in it for me not for you for mm -hmm. the the person doing it and i mean there's that corny like because copywriters are corny at times it's like it's own um, their favorite radio station is w i i f m yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like -I, I i i love it because it, it actually makes us focus on what's important in the copy and that is the reader not us and our skills and abilities and whatever it is you know whether I'm the best copywriter in the world or who who cares they don't actually care about that and they don't care about your company they care about them what they're going to get out of what you're writing selling and trying to offer them mm. what skills do you think are like the most important skills for someone to focus on if they're getting started with copywriting or just wanting to improve? Yeah. So, um, one of my, one of my, um, a lot of people ask me what my favorite copywriting book is. And I say, my favorite copywriting book is not a copywriting book. It's a book on humans. And that is, um, how to win friends and influence people. Mm. Because I believe if you do not know what your audience wants, how can you even write about it? like what's important to people. So what I would say is like the best skills a, a copywriter or anyone who wants to write copy to another person is, is to know what people want. And that to, to get that down pat is to understand human psychology. And I'm not saying like, you know, like going to the, the Freudian, everything like that, just know what, you know, what, basic needs people have, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's pretty basic stuff. And and right to that, um, get yourself out of the way. Like um, there's a there's a, a famous saying that we are not our audience. So what a lot of copywriters will do is they'll write from their perspective about what they think is important to the, the audience, but it's actually not because they haven't researched and found out what what people really do want. So that's why I say one of my favorite copywriting books is how to win friends and influence people, because you have to know humans before you can even possibly try to write to them mm. and even sell them something. Come on. Yeah. Well, well, when you, 
when you approach like a sales page for something, if it's a digital product or a supplement or anything like that, uh, do you have your own kind of structure? Cause I know there's a ton of different formulas and whatnot. Do you have one yeah. that you've created or do you just follow one of the, the basic ones that kind of people recommend like AIDA or something? I forgot which one yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. So attention, interest, desire, and, um, outcome, outcome. Yeah. Is that what or, it is? Yeah. So, it's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a whole lot of them. I mean, as you can tell there, I don't use that. Guilty, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no. your honor. I don't use that one. But mm. um, yeah, so I've got I've got one that I use now that's like um been the evolution of many over the years. And um over the years I've been trained by a lot of many great copywriters. Some of them are no longer with us, unfortunately. But what what happens and and this is what I teach my mentees is like the worst you can ever do as a copywriter is just learn from one person and then try to be a mini one of them. Mm. Um, so what I say to them is that every copywriter that I've ever learned from, it's like um when I became a human, I took the best chromosomes from my parents, and that became my DNA. Mm. Well, I've done that with my copywriting mentors and then marketing mentors and everything else that I've got in life, and then so I take a bit of their their copy chromosomes and bring it into my copy DNA. Mm. So, you know, start out usually just by, you know, doing ADA or there's there's other ones as well, um, you know, that the kind of formulas. But over time you start to go, you know what, that's good, but I think I can do better than that. So then you start to bring in other influences, and that's what I'm talking about, your copy chromosomes. So I've got, like, copy chromosomes from, like, um, Plate and Makepeace, Joe Sugarman, um, Ted Nicholas, and... Paris Lampropolis, all of these amazing copywriters. And so I can write like them when I need to, but the person I want to write like is Pauline Longdon. I don't want to be a replica of someone else. Um, otherwise, why don't you just get that person to write? <laughs> like, it does make sense. We, we don't need to be this um, imitation of someone else. Right. So what's kind of your approach when you are going to write, um, I guess, a sales page? Like, what's your... Yeah. How do you good, break good up? Because I feel like it, yeah. it is intimidating for me. It was a lot. Now I've kind of learned more about copywriting, so it's not as intimidating. But like when yeah. people see a huge page, they're like, how the heck am I ever going to write that? You know, like one of these 20 page like sales pages or something like do you what's kind of your take on how long a sales page could be, I guess, and what's kind of the formula that you you find yourself repeating? Yeah, so um Writing a sales page is one of the biggest things that you'll, well, not actually a sales page, but a sales letter is the next biggest one because they usually can be, you know, between 30 and 40 pages. I've seen some up to like 60 pages long. And and that depends on what you're selling. Like, and how long does copy have to be? Well, it has to be as long as it needs to be to, in order to like make the sale mm -hmm. and, and get rid of everyone's objections and all that sort of stuff to, to, to take someone from not knowing that you exist down to that this is the best thing since sliced bread that they need and they can't leave the page without buying this because their life is going to be rubbish um, or they're going to go back to a rubbish life if they don't take this action. So a sales letter, here's the thing about the copy though, is that people look at um, short copy such as like a, I don't know, Facebook ad or um an email and they go yeah that's much easier to write than a, a long form you know sales page that's not entirely true because like as you said earlier so poignantly that every word every sentence needs to earn its place on the page right mm -hmm. 
And with short copy, just because you know, you've got an email doesn't mean that you can fluff and waste people's time. Mm. People will not tolerate that. So what you what you do with every piece of copy that you sell, uh, you send to someone, you train them in how you present your information. And so if you're known to be like full of fluff and you know just waste people's time, next time your email comes into their inbox, they're not going to open it because it's like, ah, oh, I remember this dude. Well, I remember this chick. Like they just, mm. they never get to the point. And I'm, you've got to think about it, James. Everyone's freaking time poor these days. So they don't right. have time for rubbish. So going back to, um, so what's this got to do with the sales letter? Everything. And a sales page, everything. Because they all, no matter what piece of copy you write, they all have the same components or elements. So a sales page has a compelling headline. An email has like a subject line. Same difference, you know, mm. but they're, they're just like space, um, space um, restrict, restricted by space. Um, so then you got your, your headline and then you go into the lead and you need to get a hook, you know, like you, you've got to give them a good reason to, as you said, okay, so they're going to read the, the headline, then they're going to read the, the first line. The first line has to get them to read the second line, second line gets them to read the third line. It's like a bucket brigade all the way through your copy. You can't have emotional black, 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 uh, black holes. You can't have like energy like uh, thieves in in your copy so you have to make sure that it, it keeps a really good pace um so you've got your lead and then after your lead you go into your body so okay so this is where we start to give them the nuts and bolts about what you're actually like talking about so that's like bullet points that's like the benefits of them you know um that the, the hitting the pain points and that kind of stuff um and then um, towards the end you've got like you're starting to go through like if it's a supplement you're going through the ingredients if it's a book you're going through the chapters if it's a course you're going through the modules you see that there's more similarities in different copy than there are differences mm -hmm. so once you start to see that the a lot of copies are same instead of saying an email is different because a sales page is different because if you see that they're both similar you can start to see the structures in everything. It's almost like Neo, like seeing through the matrix going, holy crap, I didn't know that was there all that time. And so when when you do that, you just know that um, how long does it have to be? It needs to be as long as it, it takes you to make your point in that section. So a lead could be like a couple of hundred words long and then the body can be a couple of thousand um, words long and then onto the close and that they can be a, a couple of hundred but usually like a sales page that usually um i don't know between about like three and and nine thousand words mm. usually about that depending on the product yeah depending I mean, on the product it makes yeah, sense exactly. if it's if it's like a thousand dollar product obviously it's going to be like a more extensive in-depth sales exactly. page than like a seven a seven dollar supplement you know well yeah you have to justify it more don't you i mean uh, you know it's going to take more for someone to hand over a thousand dollars than it is like three dollars mm. yeah there's um i took a course uh from amit sati about copywriting and it was really mm -hmm. really insightful about writing copy and stuff and he talked about like having different hooks and sharing stories and stuff in the beginning um, and how a lot of pages go wrong where they do like this really, they do like their headline and then they're like, 
uh, what did you call it? You, the, um, not the hook, you called it the, uh, the lead, the lead. Um, mm-hmm. that's like super short and they like very like quickly scratch the surface on the frustration or the pain. Yeah. And then they yeah. have like two thirds of the page is just about the product. And he was mm-hmm. like, that's like terrible is to do that. So mm. I'm kind of curious, like, do you, do you think about like the top three objections that you want to crush before anybody even gets to the point where they are like on the, uh, the actual offer itself? Um, how do you kind of crush Absol- those objections? I guess. Absolutely. I mean, um, this is an interesting thing. Okay. So, um, this is the difference between an A list copywriter and the you know B whatever because that that seems to be this hierarchy right. So A list copywriters, what we do is we will not let things become objections, whereas other people will try to overcome objections. And this so this is a big point that a lot of people don't realize is that they they think okay I have to overcome these huge objections. So you have to have an idea of what's what's coming up in the mind of the the reader, but Okay, so it's like, uh, so the way a B or C list copywriter would do it is like, so you probably think, uh, you're probably skeptical. Well, I don't blame you. Well, the A list copywriter would never say that you're skeptical because if you've said, if you haven't overcome or addressed that skepticism earlier in your copy and you get to a point where you have to say, oh, skeptical, I would be too, then you haven't done your job. Mm. Um, and, and same with objections. Basically, like what, what you should be doing throughout your copy is like having that conversation in your head like and this is this is what I do in, in my writing process is I'm actually writing to a real person mm-hmm. I'm actually having a like a conversation with them and so I'm I'm thinking about okay so if I was having a conversation with a real person what would they be thinking at this moment in time and so instead of going oh my god they've just like had this objection what I'm thinking is like, okay, so now they may be a little bit concerned that they might be going, oh, maybe this isn't for me. So then I'd say, maybe thinking that this isn't for you. Well, that's okay because many of our clients have felt that way too. So I'm addressing mm-hmm. it as a concern instead of an objection. So why is that important? Because when people have concerns, they're easy just to allay or just to soothe uh, um, a concern but when something becomes an objection you have to fight with someone's belief system in order to overcome it mm. and that means you have to work so much harder so what I would prefer to do is a little bit of preventative stuff in that I'm not going to allow it to become something that I have to fight against later on in the copy if I can just like gradually like ease it's like Letting someone fall over, like you see someone's going to faint, you've got either a decision in that moment, you either ease them to the ground so they don't hurt themselves and they don't hurt people around them, mm. or you just let them crash down and then do first aid on them and because they, they've broken their skull open and you have to, like, you know, address a hemorrhage. And I used to be a nurse, so medical I analogies like, are easy detailed. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but also that's another um tricked copy as well or like a a key to success in copy is talking in metaphors for when Mm. you want people to understand stuff um faster yeah yeah i think i mean something that i've learned from reading and learning about copy is that when you write a, a page you know like an amateur mistake it's like okay i wrote my my email i wrote my sales page and then just kind of like cool one and done it's like no always no always go back there's always something to delete to change mm-hmm. up, to phrase better, 
to make more attractive and like always doing editing and being, I think what's been helpful for me is to be, is to like, look for my copy. I'll even get up and walk away and come back. And I'm not, yep. I, I would say I'm, I maybe a B list copywriter. Like I hope uh, I've done a lot of studying. <laughs> I've practiced, but I'm not going to claim yeah, to be yeah. some A list. Cause I don't, I'm not the copy person, but I've learned a lot. And um, yeah, being able to like step away from your copy after you've written it, or even spend a bit of time on it and come back with like fresh eyes as if you are the person mm -hmm. considering buying the product and yep. then feeling like where, when I read this, I feel those kind of concerns or objections mm -hmm. come up or the doubt and then, yep. okay, well, how can I address that? Cause that sounds a little like mm, a little weird, you know? So that's been something yeah. that's really been helpful for me is to like, look at it from the eyes of the customer or the consumer. Yeah, well, there's a there's a really good way to critique your own copy after you've done it, and see that that's something that um the better copywriters and then the best copywriters that I've ever worked with um they don't just like edit their 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 copy once as you say the one and done mm. they uh they go through and edit it and critique it many different times and one of my mentors used to do it sixteen times before he that was, was his happy. rule 16 yeah 16 <laughs> was the number but mind you he was like a seven-figure copywriter and yeah. an absolute legend in the industry so and and then everyone who learned from him basically does it around about the same amount of times so um but a really good way to go through and and um, check your copy when you're editing it is to put it through what they call a cub review now this comes from awai and then there's a company called agora that um also adopted it so cub review is um c is for confusing u is for un unbelievable and b is for boring mm -hmm. and then someone added an a just because like everyone's trying to mark their territory in in the industry um someone added an a for awkward so mm -hmm. if you can go through your copy just with that filter or those lenses and go okay so um okay so that's confusing um that's unbelievable boring and awkward um, if you just go through that and just address those common f uh, faults and flaws, you will have really solid copy. Mm, I like that. Confusing. What is it? Confusing. Uh, 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 I forgot the second one. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, awkward. I know is one of them. And then boring. Yeah. Boring and boring. awkward. Yeah. No. Got it. Yeah, so that's uh. Well, what did you just do? You just you just did Cuab, not instead Cu Cuba. Cuab instead of Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just like, I know that there this you is go. the one. You're uh, you're a copywriter. You're making up your own stuff. That's fantastic. Hey, you know, just taking chromosomes. <laughs> that's all I'm doing. Um, there, there you go. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to learn with copywriting. Uh, I would love mm. to know like, okay, well, actually, you kind of already said that. You said How to Win Friends and Influence People is like one of the best books you can read about copywriting and um do you find that reading other people's copy and just reading copy in general has helped you become a better copywriter more than writing or is it combination well um there there are other good books isn't there is a good copywriting book called um uh how to write a good advertisement by victor o schwab that's mm. awesome then that you've got scientific advertising by uh, claude hopkins there's a whole lot um anything by john caples is amazing um, he was like my first copy crush, um, first copy book that I read. Um, pretty amazing stuff. So here's the thing about reading copy, though. Um, you've got to be be careful because, like, 
I'm very careful about like what I feed my brain with when it comes to anything. Like I've got a, a, a very strong mindset. And so think about like um, what we influence our brain with as, as like a, a mental food. So here's the thing um, that I want people to understand and appreciate about copy is that practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you're going to read crap copy then you get good at writing crap copy so what i would say is like find out who the best copywriters are in your industry and only follow their copy for like their copy lead because there's there's a lot of things like people say just get you know just get your swipe file and if you get some copy a couple of times then it's control not so much anymore because people are lazy so they're sending out the same emails time and time again that doesn't mean that they they're working it just means that people can't be bothered in changing it so then people will be like handwriting out copy you know because that's one of the exercises that we do as copywriters and um and all this other stuff but they're actually practicing writing bad copy so what i would say is be Be discerning. One of my biggest um, tips about what's good copy is did it actually make you want to buy? Yeah, I mean, that's really the goal, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's... So if something made you want to buy, have a look at that copy and work out what it was that actually triggered that response in you because that that's like gold right there. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, just real quick, who would you say are like your top three to five copy heroes? Uh, my number one is Paris Lampropolis. He's my current mentor that I, um, he's kind of underground, very hard to get um, him to train you, but I stalked him long enough that that happened. Nice. Uh, Clayton Makepeace. Um, who else? John Caples. Uh, Robert Collier. You said Dan Kennedy uh, too earlier, right? Yeah, Dan Kennedy is awesome, actually. I've, I've learned a lot from him, but my absolute all-time favorite, I have to say, is Gary Halbert. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know why? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Please. Because because of the way his brain worked. He wasn't just a copywriter. He was a very smart marketer. Um, he was able to see opportunities, but that guy could write conversational copy like no one else on the planet ever has or does to this day. Um, he writes copy that you basically feel like you're having a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone. And that I think is the epitome of what copy is. We're not writing words to a mass. We're not writing a speech to the whole world. We are just having a one-to-one -one intimate conversation. Mm. And I think that Gary Halbert just nailed that like no one else. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something that comes with time and practice. So, well, mm. for the listener, definitely write down those names, replay it, whatever you need to do, but dive into at least Pauline's copy, um, copy heroes, and uh, you can at least just start to have a little bit of a jumping off point and see which one resonates with you so you can start taking some chromosomes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. awesome. Pauline, where can people find you? What's the best place to connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I've got a website. It's called thecopyalchemist.com. Um, so I, each week I, I send out a what I call a, a, a knowledge nugget email. I've been doing that for the last 405 weeks without a break. Like So I'm like the queen of consistency. <laughs> um, and I've got some books on Amazon 
as well they're like kind of the back issues of my emails because some people say like my emails are like a marketing seminar each week so yeah um if people want to check those out that's probably the best place Cool. I'll definitely be on the email list for sure. Cause if I can learn more about copy, I'm all for it. And I like Pauline. Brilliant. So I will, I will definitely be signing up. So join me in that little adventure, please. Whoever's listening and for whoever's listening, take one thing that you learned from today. Obviously there's going to be links down in the description. Make sure you connect with Pauline Longden and just learn more about copywriting because like we said before if you can create good copy you know and you have a handful of emails that lead to a sales page and people discover you can basically have a entire marketing and sales team that works for you 24 7 whether you're working or not never takes days off never takes a break that's the power of copywriting and learning marketing so if i could rewind time that's what i would have put way more time and energy into learning way earlier on uh, and it's kind of a never-ending adventure of learning more about copywriting. So take what you learned here, get out there, make something happen, and we will see you in the next one.